We all have influence. And these episodes that we're bringing back this week are going to call us to have influence like Zeba and Barnabas. Maybe you remember these episodes from Speak Lord. The first one was titled, Be a Kindness Zeba. And as I listened back to this episode, I think it might be one of my favorite textual insights of all Speak Lord episodes. There's two stories, and they're paralleled so well. And in one of them, kindness is chosen, and in the other, it's not. And the results are just so different. So as you take a listen to this episode, consider how you're using your influence for kindness. You're listening to Speak, Lord, and I'm Ryan Rogers. I do this podcast because I love to hear God speak through the words of the Bible, and I want to share that with you. Sometimes we are in the position to give kindness, and we're familiar with this position. We know that we should be kind. Sometimes we're in the position to receive kindness, and we're often much less comfortable in this position. But there's another position in the life of kindness, and it's one that I haven't thought about much. It's a middle position, not the main person being kind or the main person receiving kindness, but someone in the middle who promotes kindness to happen all around them. It's a person who helps others be kind. Like when I made a plan to buy an engagement ring for my wife, it was the one she wanted and I noticed. I was going to have this wonderful surprise for her, but I couldn't do it by myself. I needed the help of my sister-in-law, who distracted my wife to help make this happy surprise possible. She helped me to be kind. We can be people who make the environment around us a place where kindness thrives. And I'm calling this person a kindness Zeba. Have you ever heard of Zeba? We read about him in 2 Samuel chapter 9. Saul and Jonathan are dead. And David asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? Remember, Jonathan was a close friend of David, but Saul was obsessed about killing David. In verse 2 we read, Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? Right about then, he was probably terrified. David was the enemy of Saul, and now he could be getting revenge, and Ziba has a choice. Work with this guy or deny everything. And Ziba responds, at your service. So the king asked him, is there anyone still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba was probably suspicious. He knew that David wanted to find the people of the house of Saul, but he probably questioned if he really wanted to show them kindness. We get a sense of the emotions that he would have had because when Mephibosheth comes before David, David says, don't be afraid. Ziba would have been afraid, and now he has another decision. Trust David and help him show kindness, or don't trust him and put an end to any intentions of kindness David might have had. But he was the kindness Ziba. He's the middleman. In this situation, David is the giver of the kindness. Mephibosheth, who we haven't seen in the story yet, but we will, he is the primary receiver of the kindness. But Ziba was the one who could make the kindness happen or not. 
He could choose to promote the kindness or make it stop. He chose to promote kindness. He tells David about Mephibosheth, and David showed him kindness. After Ziba connected David and Mephibosheth, David said, For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And he added, I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Wow, that whole kindness thing really worked out for David and Mephibosheth and Ziba. Can you imagine yourself in that position? Living in a way that helps others give and receive kindness. It's a bit abstract, but it's pretty obvious when we don't do it. And we have an example of that in the very next chapter. The story of Ziba and Mephibosheth is in 2 Samuel chapter 9. But when we go to chapter 10, notice how it starts a lot like chapter 9. We find David seeking to show kindness to a family for the sake of a leader who has died. In this case, it's the king of the Ammonites. He's died, and his son Hanun has succeeded him as king. King Nahash had always been loyal to David, so David wanted to show kindness to his family. So he sent some men to express sympathy to Hanun concerning his father. And David's messengers of kindness were received by some Ammonite commanders, so they were in that position of Ziba. They could choose to promote or put an end to the kindness. And here's what they said to Hanun. Do you think David is honoring your father by sending envoys to express sympathy? Hasn't David sent them to you only to explore the city and spy it out and overthrow it? So, instead of promoting kindness, Hanun seized David's men, shaved off half of each man's beard, and cut off their garments at the buttocks and sent them away. He shaved their faces, which in their culture was a disgrace, and he cut the butt of their pants off, which in any culture is a disgrace. David sent kindness, and it was rejected with insult. The two stories start in the same way. One had a kindness Ziba. The other had the Ammonite commanders who rejected the kindness. And here's how they turned out. Going back to the story of Ziba and Mephibosheth, we know that Mephibosheth got to eat at the king's table. But we also see that Ziba got a pretty good deal out of it too. We read, Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family, and you and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops. So David could have taken everything Saul had, and Ziba would have been homeless and jobless. Instead, he gave it to Mephibosheth and made Ziba the supervisor of the caretakers. He had a home and work for life, which was a good thing because Ziba had 15 sons. Be a kindness Ziba and good stuff happens. And as for those Ammonites and their rejection of kindness, well, they went to war over it. It was so bad that their allies, the Syrians, chose to no longer support them after losing 4,000 horsemen. The stories begin in the same way. In both, there is the opportunity to promote or reject kindness. One ends in abundance, in over-the-top blessing, and the other ends in devastating loss. 
How is God speaking to you? When I first read this and thought these thoughts, I was amazed. Think of the difference we can make by just promoting kindness in our surroundings. If we would look for opportunities to help others give and receive kindness, we would find them all over the place. So that's why I'm inviting you to be a kindness zeba. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Hey, you can find more of Speak, Lord, by searching for Palmer. Well, that episode called us to use our influence for kindness, like Zeba. Now, this second one is going to call us to use our influence like Barnabas. Zeba extended an influence of kindness, and Barnabas extends an influence of belonging. So he presents another awesome example for us to follow in the way we use our influence. This episode, uh, I remember recording it along with about a dozen other episodes on a mountain trail. I'd hiked out to some lakes out in the mountains to preach a sermon. And on the way back, I just kept reading a scripture. And then I'd walk down the trail and think about it. And then I'd pull off to the side of the trail, pull up my microphone and record some thoughts and do it all over again. And so you can probably hear a bit of the wilderness in the background. So let this one challenge you, let this one call you to use your influence to extend belonging to others. Acts chapter 9, verses 23 through 29. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him. For they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed it against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. Paul was in a really interesting position, and it wasn't a fun position to be in. Not long ago, he was an enemy of the church and a champion for the Jews, but now the Jews are plotting to kill him. He doesn't belong with the Jews anymore but he's not accepted by the church either. They don't believe he's really a disciple. And later we see that when he's speaking, the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking Jews, are trying to kill him. For that time in Paul's life, he didn't belong anywhere. He had made the decision to belong to the people of Christ, but they weren't ready to receive him. But then Barnabas takes him and brings him to the leaders and speaks on his behalf. And then he was accepted by the church. This is an extreme example. But to some extent, it happens every time somebody chooses to leave the world and join the church. Sometimes the decision to leave the world is dramatic and relationships are broken and there's a loss of belonging. Sometimes it's not so dramatic, but there's still a loss of belonging. They know that they are committing to join the church, but the people in the church are sometimes slow to accept. And in some situations, we're skeptical that they really believe. Maybe they've had 
a questionable past. And we're slow to accept them because we're not convinced that they really want to follow Christ. I think more often it's not that we don't believe that they're sincere. It's just that we don't take time to get to know them, welcome them, and help them belong. There are people looking for belonging, and we would love to welcome them. We just overlook them. But I just think to Paul's situation where the Jews are trying to kill him and the church won't receive him. And I think he must have been so grateful for Barnabas to take him in and to speak on his behalf so that he could belong. We need to be looking for those who are struggling to find belonging in God's church. We need to sympathize with them because they have cut off ties of belonging to the world. They are in need of acceptance. And you can only stay in that position so long. Eventually, if no one steps up like Barnabas to welcome you, you're going to look for belonging somewhere else. We need to be looking for those who are searching for belonging and who would love to be accepted in a community of believers. Be a Barnabas to somebody. And sometimes, like in the case of Paul, acceptance might be risky. We don't want to be reckless. We don't want to be irresponsible. But are we willing to be risk takers, to reach out with love and acceptance to people, even before we're fully convinced that they're committed? Let's be people who are eager to accept others and to help them find a place of belonging in our community of believers. Speak Lord is a resource of the Palmer Seventh-day Adventist Church. Find us online at palmerak.adventistchurch.org and at pastorryanrogers.com. Speak Lord, your servants are listening. So those are the two episodes we're bringing back this week on Speak, Lord. How will you use your influence? How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening.